Welcome to Creative Biolabs. We provide reliable oncolytic virus therapy development services for clients globally. Our service covers all aspects from virus engineering, cell biology, to animal testing. We have archived professional academic reports and the latest scientific progress on oncolytic virus therapy by making it into a podcast column. You can subscribe us to follow the latest updates on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Hello everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Creative Biolabs podcast series on oncolytic virotherapy. Today we will be discussing the mathematical modeling of oncolytic virotherapy. As we all know, there are many ways to treat cancer. And which way to choose really depends on two factors. The type of cancer and the severity of cancer. Immunotherapy is one of the treatment methods that has been developing rapidly in this century. With its advantages of high efficiency and convenience, it has become a center of attention for many scientists. For today's program, we invited Jensen. He and his team have been studying immunotherapy, particularly oncolytic virotherapy for many years. Thank you for joining us today, Jensen. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for your invitation. When most people hear about cancer treatment, what they have in mind might be problems, such as hair loss, vomiting, and bone marrow suppression. But those are side effects of chemotherapy. Not every type of treatment will have frightening side effects like these. For example, immunotherapy is one that doesn't have this set of side effects. Since the existence of the virus was first recognized in the early 19th century, it has triggered quite some considerable interest as a possible tumor-destroying agent. Can you give us a brief introduction to the history of the oncolytic virus? Sure. So initially, the use of viruses in cancer treatment started when there were occasional cancer patients who had a short period of clinical remission after being infected with infectious diseases. For more than 100 years, viruses were used as experimental agents to eliminate cancer. Understanding of viruses accelerated rapidly in the 1950s and 1960s. This is largely due to the emergence of cell and tissue culture systems, which allow the virus to reproduce in vitro. How is the oncolytic virus so effective in targeting or killing tumors? Does their effectiveness depend on the direct killing of tumor cells in the process of virus replication? Actually no. What you described was an old concept that is no longer in use. New studies have found that its effectiveness actually depends on various modes of action, such as inducing anti-tumor immune responses by stimulating innate and acquired immunity, killing bystanders by cytokine secretion, and targeting tumor blood vessels. Oncolytic viral therapy has produced a lot of promising data. However, researchers suffered setbacks from unsuccessful or unsafe treatment regimens. The application of infectious fluid in cancer patients has been a long process, from the observation of viral infection of tumor relaxants. It has been a long way to go to the modern clinical application, based on reasonable designs and trials. Can we combine oncolytic viral therapy with other therapies? Yes, but we need to carefully select individual treatment regimens. 
There are many possible regimens for combination therapy, such as immune checkpoint inhibitors, chimeric antigen receptor T-cell, chemotherapy drugs, and radiotherapy. Wow, there are so many different combinations. So how should each be verified by clinical trials? Well, we actually can't. There are just too many possible combinations and schemes in terms of dosage, timing, and route of administration. We can't even conduct detailed testing in preclinical experiments, not to mention in clinical trials. But then how should we find the best treatment without evaluating each possibility? Oh, there is a great technology called mathematical modeling. It can identify key parameters based on previous clinical data. So we can generate new hypotheses and predict treatment outcomes with a computer. The rise of this technology is crucial to accelerate the progress of oncolytic viral therapy. I heard that mathematical models can simulate a variety of environments, such as the growth trend of tumors and the physiological response of patients after treatment. Can you introduce us to mathematical models? Sure. In addition to the stimulation function you just mentioned, mathematical models can perform more complex tasks, including the dynamics of oncolytic viral therapy, with different levels of detail and complexity. In order to have a complete understanding of how the virus and host characteristics influence the outcome of therapy, many mathematical models have been established. A successful design of a virus needs a full understanding of how viral and host parameters influence the tumor load. Based on a variety of theories, a team of researchers has established a mathematical model for oncolytic virus therapy, which includes virus cleavage cycle and virus-specific cytotoxic T lymphocytes response. How can we establish a perfect mathematical model? Our team was using a template protocol for developing increasingly complex mathematical models for oncolytic viral therapy, based on data from different experiments. The best practice of mathematical modeling of biological systems needs seven steps. I will briefly go over them. We should first elaborate on the biological question that the model should help solve. This is the cornerstone of all subsequent procedures. Then we determine the model components. For the next step, we need to describe biological systems qualitatively. Following that, we can then describe the biological system quantitatively and establish the mathematical model. In the fifth step, we simulate, solve, and analyze the model. Next, we verify the model results through other methods. And finally, we connect the result with the question. Thanks Jensen for sharing with us the steps of building a mathematical model to study oncolytic virotherapy. With that, we have again reached the end of today's episode. Would you like to summarize today's program Jensen? It's my pleasure. Mathematical modeling is increasingly integrated into biomedical research, especially in oncology. In a truly integrated approach, we know that the data and hypotheses generated from experimental studies can be tested by mathematical models. And model predictions can in turn guide future validation experiments. When developing scientific models, 
like in vitro, in vivo, and mathematical models. We must always remember that. Each model is an abstraction of reality, and is wrong by definition. Do you think the more complex the mathematical model is, the more useful it is? Oh no, a more complex model doesn't mean it's more useful. In fact, due to the high degree of uncertainty, it may reduce the availability of the model. In order to make useful predictions, model development and parameterization need to rely on available, quantifiable, and detailed data to inform the quantitative model mechanism. Only calibrated models can be used for prediction. Iterative methods of in vitro, in vivo experiments, and computer testing can provide information for the rational design of preclinical and clinical studies, leading to more clear research plans. In particular, with the emergence of a large number of promising immunotherapy combinations, multidisciplinary collaborative efforts on mathematical modeling of oncolytic viral therapy will accelerate the development and impact of this field. Thanks again Jensen for being here. And thanks everyone for listening. I hope you enjoyed it.